What's up, guys? Welcome back to the FX Personal Training Podcast. Today, what we are going through is basically your starting point for any nutrition plan. And I think that that's, that's so important is that we've spent a long time over the years um, trying to find the best approach. And I think I'm here with Jamie today. Yeah. And I think that um, between us, we've either coached people through or done ourselves pretty much every approach. We've got a lot of... Uh, experience with this and we've seen the pros and cons to different types of diets so whether it's macros whether it's low carb low fat clean eating paleo type stuff you know we have seen it we've experienced all of that all of that side of things what today is about is actually a completely different approach so whether you're looking for fat loss whether you're looking to improve health whether you're looking to improve body composition muscle building performance these are your foundations that i honestly believe any diet that you follow in should have these in as yeah, any as a core foundation of it. This is like one of the things where when you are, you know, thinking about your health, and that's what we're saying is that it doesn't matter whether or not your goals, weight loss, performance, fitness, whatever. These are things that can't be missed. Yeah, so that's pretty much what we're saying. That you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to my nana or talking to a professional athlete. The same sort of maybe obviously the outside is different, but the, the same <laughs> foundations here. There is, these are the, the absolute sort of groundwork yeah. in, in yeah. nutrition. And the, the specifics of it, obviously, change in terms of quantities of things and in terms of, you know, where your focus and where your energy needs to be. But like I said, I honestly believe that there's only six really sort of simple habits that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you an indication on eight because ideally I was going to make it eight habits, um, but two of them I'm just going to touch on in this video and then you're aware of them. Uh, and we'll keep focusing on the six when it comes down to coaching and things. But before we get into what the habits are, what's the problem with diets at the minute? And I think that this is really important to cover. We see it all the time in terms of people go on to a diet and they see it as successful if they lose weight over the first few weeks. For me, I absolutely don't see that as a successful diet because what tends to happen is that there's a hell of a lot of ways to lose weight. You can lose muscle glycogen, you lose a lot of water. All you need to do realistically is under eat for that couple of weeks and you will drop body weight, definitely. And on the scales, if that's how you're measuring it, but if that's how you're measuring it on the scales, then you're going to look like you are getting to where you need to be. You're going to look like you've started really well and you might be eight, nine pounds down two weeks in. That for me is when you should look at, right, now I'm, now I'm at the start point of my diet. Once you've got rid of those initial... Um, drops in terms of body fat, drops in terms of water, drops in terms of glycogen or whatever it is, drops in terms of actual food volume. Because remember, you're probably going to be eating less or carrying less weight just through what's in your digestive tract. That's when we can start to look at what's going to be an effective diet. And if you look at it after that first two or three weeks onwards, rather than within that first two or three weeks onwards, there becomes a very different picture. And the way that I wanted to look at it and the way that we've sort of spent time and, and spent a lot of effort thinking about and, and a hell of a lot of experience with hundreds and hundreds of people in terms of what is the right approach. These things that we're going to cover are the foundations. And what this will do is it'll stop the yo-yo dieting. It'll be something that is always sustainable. And if you keep this the foundation of your diet all, at basically all times, the numbers are going to change. You'll, you'll have heard me talk in the past about how many calories you want, how, many, how much protein you want, how important it is to get that energy balance side of things right. Not even, we're just about going to go into that today. 
But I think that when we look at manipulating energy balance, we've got to also look at, well, how sustainable is it to do that? Can we do that long term? Are we doing things that are going to make you more hungry or less hungry? Um, yeah. So I think so foundations wise. Yeah, basically think about it like this. Um, the cycle, not necessarily cycle, it's too big a word for this, but think about what happens when people start diets. So you, you get off, you start off and you're like, right, I'm going to start a diet, I'm going to cut this carbohydrate out, I'm going to eat a lot less than I normally eat, I'm going to not drink alcohol, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And like Josh, you're saying the first few weeks are great. But um, the first few weeks are great because automatically things are going to happen. If you want to lose weight, guys, you know, you don't eat as much, you train a bit harder, and, and weight itself will drop in the first week. You know, it's, it's not that difficult to do. Um, you know, so... I don't want to offend anyone, but it is extremely easy to drop weight in that first couple the, of weeks. Yeah, in the first couple. And on the flip side of that, 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 what happens is all that enthusiasm, all that sort of reassurance, all that positive reinforcement that you're giving yourself because you've lost weight on the scales. And I saw someone the other day put, oh, first week of the program, lost 10 pounds. Well, it, it doesn't really matter. It shouldn't be seen as a success. And what should be seen as a success is, for me, like things like adherence to it, being able to stick to it, being able to control... The, the factors that this is going to last me for the next 12 weeks, yeah. for the next yeah. eight weeks. I'm going to be able to keep this up. And I think I think that you need to question when you start diets what you're seeing as success. Like, where do, you, where do you score points? Do you just score points on the scales or are you scoring points from doing these things? And for me, yeah. these get ignored, whereas if it was my coaching client and I was looking at what they're doing, if they was doing these uh, and weight was coming off slowly, that would be better than if he was losing a lot of weight and not doing any of these. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that that's where when we talk about the misconception in the industry, that that's where you know you guys. I say you guys because a lot of you sort of see this, and you know you'll come back in the gym, and the first few weeks you get back in, you will lose weight. I'm sure you'll just be sat home doing whatever drinking and all like the first week I start oh, dieting again, yeah. I end up losing a lot of weight, but. Don't be fooled by that being the measure of success, which is where we want to set this up now and sort of get you to just question the, the idea of that and the idea of what your goals are and when you want to lose weight. We want to make sure that your um, your focus is on these healthy habits in the first instance, yeah. because right now it's the habit and the culture of, of healthy eating that you need to get back to. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go back to it in terms of why do we need? Why did we need a different solution? Because I guarantee you, I must have read thirty or forty different diet books that give you the right solution for a diet. Obviously, got a background in terms of trying to understand the the actual physiology, what's going on in terms of nutrition, what's going on with energy systems, um, and what we find is that all of those diet books tend to give a specific solution to. Oh well, you want to drop this weight in this amount of time. Some of them are very good and and have a good approach. Some of them don't, but what we need to do is establish what are the actual fundamentals, what are the principles that all of these good diets do and all of the bad diets sort of tend to miss. And why do the bad diets work for dropping weight and the good diets work long-term for improving health, improving body composition, and just, just performance? On, just on that as well, like Josh says, is that, you know, I've had clients over the past 12 months, obviously we've had clients for longer, over the past 12 months, I've put certain clients on almost keto diets. In the past, we've worked with a range of different types of diets for different types or times during someone's plan, depending on where they're at. If you speak to, um, for example, when when we talk about getting people really, really lean in the last few weeks of dieting, last year we did the 
summer transformation. Yeah, the eight week physique. The eight week physique, that was the one. And towards the end of it, we, we started to introduce things like water cuts and all that and all the, yeah. all the different sort of complexities within diets. We're not seeing in this that there is a place for them, but we're saying do this first. I think, I think yeah, it's important. 100%. This is the, we're not seeing, saying this as like, don't think about going on a, a no-carb diet. Don't think about going on a you know a keto diet, or whatever it would be. What we're saying is that don't don't think about that until you've got control of this. Yeah. Water cuts is something that I tend not to use. <laughs> Although again, because it's just something that we probably don't need to. However, what does happen is you know, and, and the thing is, is that the purpose of us doing that at the time was trying to go with want to get the best results on a photo, on a photo not on the scale, on the photograph. And, and, and I was watching something, it was, um, what's his face? Graham Norton. Uh, <laughs> Graham Norton was interviewing the guy that plays Superman. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the guy was know. talking absolute rubbish, weren't he? But he, he, just, he, he doesn't understand it. He just doesn't understand it. Because what happens is people just get told to do something for a particular end result. And, and that, you know, given a sheet of paper that says... Go do this, you'll look like this. Or go do yeah, you look that like because your skin gets thinner. I think that was exactly. one of his arguments, was which, was, like, yeah, my, my which for a guy in such good shape is, you know, for me, looking at it, obviously, seems. Listen, don't, you know, don't, don't balance. You don't have to, like, you don't not need to know what you're doing to be in good shape. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is that people look at it and we and we sort of automatically I'm gonna assume. To him. I'm gonna listen to exactly. Him. People go, this is the guy that I need to listen to because he's in good shape. And, you know, when we start to pick that apart and I'm not going to do it today because we've got about 20 minutes left that we're going to be talking about, but that's a, that's a whole other topic in terms of, you know, when you look at genetics and you, look, you, you also can, can establish that some people get in extremely good shape for a multitude of different reasons. Genetics being a massive one, there's also other factors that might come into play as well. And looking at someone and thinking they know what they're doing because they look in shape is absolutely not a sustainable approach. It's not something that's going to be um, working for you every time. Sometimes it will do, absolutely. There's a lot of guys out there that are in great shape, a lot of people out there in great shape that absolutely know what they're doing. But there's also a lot that don't. So never use that as a measure of uh, success. We're going to lay the foundations. And really, guys, what we're saying is that all of our FX clients, we want you to understand this. We want we want you to understand this and make sure that when someone says to you about your diet, you tell them about the basics first. Yeah. You know, because we don't want to be, you know, especially moving into what Josh is going to be doing with nutrition moving forwards. Yeah. The business is going to be the approach to nutrition that the business is taking moving forwards, which you'll uh, when we're launching the, the app, is that tomorrow? The member site, the new member site will launch on either tomorrow evening or Monday. Yeah. So we, we're dead excited for that because that's going to be a much better system. It's going to help have. people understand this sort of thing. Yeah, you know, we, we're putting in place a, a short nutrition course that we, we sort of want to make sure everyone understands at least. Um, and we, it's really easy to follow and stuff like that. So yeah. let's get into the, the first rule, I reckon, if you're ready to. Just before we do that, we've got to look at we've got to look at again going back to why we need this and why the other solutions don't work because we've gone off on a few a few different areas there. But just to pull it back now to these six nutrition habits that we're going to talk about. One of the approaches that we've taken for a couple of years and that I know a lot of you guys will be familiar with is tracking your nutrition, tracking your macros, tracking your calories, um, and that can be a really good approach. 
but there's a hell of a lot of things that get missed. So when we're looking at nutrition, what we're looking at doing, not just whether this works on paper. On paper, them equations are really simple to work out. Um, <laughs> get more complex and more factors that you add to it, but you can still do it. You can work it out. You can say, right, I'm going to move this much, burn this many calories. This is what I need in terms of protein. This is what I need in terms of carbs. This is what I need in terms of fats. That's great. What that doesn't look at is how to make it sustainable in terms of how to do things that are going to make you feel good while you're dieting. And you can completely get that wrong. You can massively under it. You can be on the same diet with five meals a day, eating your veg, feeling full, feeling full of energy, recovering well from training, or you can hit the exact same calories with one meal a day, feeling horrendous, starting to build up deficiencies, starting to feel low energy all the time, and just not getting the nutrition in. So the, the key points of these foundations is not to replace your diet type, it's not to replace macros, it's not to look um, from any other point of view. You're all gonna have layers on top of this. Some of you might just be starting with this, but you're all gonna have layers on top of this the more complex you wanna get it. You wanna put refeed days in, fine. If you wanna go low carb, fine. You wanna track your macros, fine. You wanna track every single sort of meal to the nth degree, fine. If you feel like you need to do it and that works for you, then let's go for it. But none of this will change. And I think that that's a really important point. So number one is, well, the first three points actually, all add to your diet. So this is complete reverse to what you usually see in terms of um, any sort of diet plan, to be honest. I very rarely see this in diet plans. Again, some of the better ones and some of the habit coaches. And this isn't a diet plan, just so that you're aware. This is introducing you to some habits that are going to help you to maintain whatever diet it is that you're on, whatever numbers you're trying to hit, whatever structure you're trying to achieve, and ultimately help you get to your goals. So the first three habits are adding something. And the first thing to add is more veg. And this is not necessarily for everyone it's a case of if you are not doing this make sure you do it and that's the theme throughout the entire six habits eat more veg and the simple fact is people talk all the time about the most satiating nutrient if you want to feel full have more protein in your diet if you want to feel full limit your carbs and, and replace it with fats because they're more satiating 100 a guarantee that from a feeling full point of view Veg per gram per calorie is going to be miles more effective than everything else. So if you are wanting to get on top of that and you're constantly struggling with feeling full in your diet, adding more veg is an obvious starting point. In addition to that, obviously, if you go for the other approach and your first step in a diet is to cut things out, what happens? So we cut things out and we end up eating just the protein-based stuff and that's about it for most people. They know that they're going to cut down on carbs. They know that they're going to cut down on everything We just else. had a conversation before the podcast about um, the minute I'm going on a diet. And um, I think it's a good time for me to do this because we sort of, have, you know, we're looking at this sort of thing all the time. And what I was saying is that yesterday is the first day of a new set of macros that I'd set myself. And the hardest thing for me was to try to make sure that I was organised enough so that when I dieted, I didn't just have 900 grams of protein. Yeah. Um, so I ended up being a, a day like that, where I thought, right, I'm not going to have a lot of carbs, I'm going to try and cut out my starch carbs, etc. because um, I have dieting to, to, to lose a bit. And the, the issue with that was 
the way that my fringes sell <laughs> just didn't allow me to grab or to get or to, to easily access. And when we talk about habits, we discussed this in the last podcast, the opportunity to easily grab something that was a nice or something that I liked or enjoyed as a vegetable um, just didn't really happen as, as much as it, it will do today because being organised enough to make sure that you've got veg, veg that you can eat with your foods and planning, I think, is a big thing for this. And you know, I know we, we, we sort of speak about meal prep and stuff like that. If we're not meal prepping, at least at least plan that, yeah. that you've got enough grabbable things like vegetables. Um, because without them, in reality, when, when you are dating, without them, well, it's just not appropriate to do, is it? It's just not what we want. Um, no matter how we're looking at it, no matter who tells you what or whatever else, we want to get these in one, as many of them in as we can, really. Um, yeah. And, you know, Josh talks about how um, how many calories per gram, etc. vegetables have. It's not a free food, but it, but it pretty much, you, you really struggle to eat too yeah. much of it. Um, in, yeah, any, any level of, you know, for people starting the diet, most people aren't going to be having enough of this whether you're starting or not to be honest you might have been tracking your macros or you might be bang on with your numbers every day for the last two years doesn't mean that you're doing these habits and which automatically means that you are missing so for me you'd be missing something in terms of your diet because you will at some point you'd certainly be putting yourself at more risk of digestive issues more risk of nutrient deficiencies and more risk of straying from your diet from a sustainability point of view because you're just simply not you're simply feeling really hungry or again you know anybody would, would sort of see that if you cut too many foods out of your diet long term you really struggle to put them back in if you've dieted before you'll have felt that if you cut out uh, pizzas for six months and then go and have a pizza it will not your, your body will not have the enzymes to break that down effectively I have so, no idea <laughs> <laughs> so keeping a keeping a good variety of veg in your diet is really important just from a health perspective but also from a sticking to your calories society perspective, uh, like being satiated. The next one, drinking more water. Um, again, when I look at the complaints that we get when people go onto a diet and that I have, and that I'm sure that everybody else has when they start a diet, if you've got complaints, at first you might feel really good, but if you've got complaints that come up, it'll probably be, feel a little bit lethargic, feel less focused. I'm constantly thinking about food. I'm hungry. Um, I'm just not training well. All of those things can be, and I'm not saying that they are, but they certainly can be influenced by being slightly dehydrated. We generally sit and drink shed loads of, or, or a decent amount of coffee early on. Some people might drink nothing at all throughout the day, pretty much. And most people are in a state of mild dehydration which is going to emphasize things like, you know, even stress response, things like blood pressure going up, things that you're trying to get on top of, um, things like feeling hungry, things like controlling blood sugar, things like nutrient transport, things things like generally breaking food down, digesting food well, um, and feeling like you've got focus and energy. And if dehydration can come and add, sort of add to that and influence that, then you're gonna feel a hell of a lot worse on your diet than you need to feel. And it's such a simple solution, you know, also a couple of liters of water a day. Yeah, regulating your body to know sort of that it's going to get water and stuff like that will help with your, your, your consistency and stuff as well, you know, like how you feel, how you, just talking about your energy levels, you know, 
your adherence to this will be helped massively if you can guarantee you're having two, three liters of water a day, whatever yeah. it is that your yeah. sort of target is, because not only is your your weight gonna be a bit if you if you don't drink a lot of water one day, drink a lot of water, then don't yeah. do it's up and down as well. So just just for regulation as well, digestion and everything, isn't it? Everything, yeah, hundred percent. So you know, adding veg, adding water, really important first step. That if you're not doing I guarantee that you will struggle with diets because you're hungry yeah. and because you feel tired and you feel lethargic. And there's we we've so far added a lot of food to your diet with virtually no calories. And the thing about veg and water is that if you're adding this, because you're not feeling as hungry, your calories naturally for most people will actually go down because you eat less, you snack less, you regulate blood sugar better, and um, your digestion is working better and things. So in general you'll find that those two, without you tracking your food, without you looking at calories, they replace some of the other foods. If you're swapping chips for a bottle of green veg, it's going to have a calorie impact. Yeah, and without, and without doing it, like, you know, I just, I, I do completely agree, agree with what I'm just saying. You know, these are two things that a lot of people sort of say, oh yeah, I struggle to get to my calories, to hit my calories and whatever. They're the foundations, let's get these, they, they are simple, do this first. The last one to add is protein. And again, if you're eating plenty, uh, plenty of protein, that's absolutely fine. It might not be something that you need to add more of. Most people, I think, believe that they're eating more protein than they are. So we, we can get the studies on what's gonna limit muscle wastage in people that aren't doing any sort of exercise and what sort of amount you need and you might need sort of a fairly low amount. But most people, I'd like to think, um, on a non-specific diet. So sometimes you'll see vegetarian and vegan diets that aren't hitting this, but as soon as people are aware of it, they find it quite easy, even on them sort of diets, to get to this point. Whereas for most people, they'll probably be hitting the 50, 40 to 60 grams a day or whatever that these diets might suggest for someone uh, that they need in terms of the level of protein, 0.7 to one gram per kilo. So obviously it depends how heavy you are. Obviously, for bigger blocks, yeah. yeah, and now it's going to be more. But, guys, honestly, I guarantee that you've got a couple of extra factors, especially if you're looking for fat loss. One, if you're exercising and you're deliberately training and you're deliberately trying to control calories, um, the first one is again controlling hunger. The next one is making sure that you maintain lean mass. Maintaining lean mass is going to be a key player in maintaining metabolism. So, long term, over time, making sure that your body's still burning as many calories, still performing as well. Yeah. You're going to need to make sure that you're eating protein. I think that's where a lot of people with protein, you, think, you know, we, we say eat protein, and people like eat protein to build muscle. But yeah. when you're dieting, it, it's so essential to have as much protein because, you know, that's one thing that your body is going to want to do, especially if you're on low carbs, like especially if you've dieted and you're taking out things like, you know, bread or potatoes or whatever yeah. you know your body is going to want more energy and the place that it's going to try and get that from a lot of the time is pro is proteins yeah. that it's going to be so you've got to get you've got to get used to you know you, that is a for, like we're saying these are rules these are things that for me you can't do without if, you, if you're trying to yeah. diet or try to control your nutrition with doing without this especially training you know, yeah, anyone that comes to fitness trains well, trains with us and trains for the purpose of better movement, better energy, better function, whatever it is, um, you do that with greater muscle mass, yeah. at least remain the same. We don't, we don't, I don't think I've ever trained anyone to lose muscle. No, and there's, you know, and to be honest, resistance training itself is the, the way that you train 
should always be the, the number one factor in how your body is going to change in sort of what you're trying to change. So in terms of when we're talking about this, we talk about the, you know, about adding protein. Well, adding protein made me build muscle mass. If you're training to build as much muscle mass as possible, and that's what the training sessions are targeted for, protein will help you to build muscle mass. If you're training for an endurance event, protein will help you to perform at your best and to recover from that event. You know, making sure that you have enough is is essential. Uh, now, enough is going to change, but again, there's a lot of factors. Yes, can we get away with 1.5 grams per kilo for most people? If you're eating to gain weight, probably because none of that protein is being used for anything else. If you're eating to lose weight, you're already putting yourself in an energy deficit. Your body's trying to strip things down as much as possible. Um, so adding more protein is great, but we also have to consider that you have more protein and it's got a high thermic effect, so you burn even more calories, which means that ultimately you put yourself at a bigger deficit. The 2,000 calorie diet with um, 100 grams of protein versus a 2,000 calorie diet with 200 grams of protein mean that your body's burning a different amount of calories without any other difference, just through the protein element of it. And yeah, thermic effect for those guys that don't know, you know, it's, it's how many calories your body burns on that with that particular types of different types of foods have different types of energy output when you're trying to digest them, when you're yeah, breaking it down, break it down, etc. So um, yeah, they're the first three: water, protein, and Guys, now, once you're doing that, and once you've established that, and this isn't something to do with do habit one first, do habit two second. You can do it that way if you want. Um, but what I'd actually suggest is just try and get all of these ticked. If you can, you know, I think that we oversimplify things sometimes. We try and break it down into this is what you need to do first, then do this, then do this. Again, because we're going to get the knock-on effect of feeling less hungry, feeling more energy and things, by just doing all this at once, I think you'll find it much easier to stick to all of the habits at once rather than picking what to try and stick to. Um, so this is why that's the way that we suggest to do it as well. Number four is cut down on junk food. Um, and this should be a feature of any diet. And it's not just a case of calories. You can absolutely include bad foods, junk foods, burgers, chips, chocolate, sweets, crisps in any long-term sustainable eating plan. It absolutely works from a calories perspective. It can absolutely work from a you know, getting to where you want to be perspective. They shouldn't make up a massive part of your diet, but they can always be included. So why am I saying cut down on it? Well, first off is that if you have a look at where the majority of your calories are coming from, if more than say 10 to 20% is coming from these types of foods, and we're talking about calories, not food volume. So, you know, a, a burger might be a thousand calories, you might only be eating 1800 calories in your day. That'd certainly be well over the sort of, limit that we're talking about if you look at that over a week what you probably find is for a lot of people the majority of their calories or at least more than that 10 to 20 percent are coming from foods that are just junk foods and what i mean by junk foods is that they have a really high energy density and really not low nutrient density so things that are going to be providing your body with a lot of energy but not much of anything else yeah, and, and I think that this is going to be an issue for people right now because, I mean, I know you've got kids, but I know you've been spending more time at home. But I've been spending more time at home with the kids. And, you know, like, don't matter how we look at it, junk food is, is probably in my house more than others, you know. Yeah. I get sent to the shop every night to get something that's junk food based. And the yeah. kids sort of eat that as bad as that sounds, you know. And, and it's sort of seen as a bit of a treat. And then the kids will have it. And, um, 
you know, they'll, they'll be like, Dad, can we go and shop? Because it's just a thing that we do. Yeah. But unfortunately, that them little bits, and this, you know, them little bits of, uh, you know, a chocolate bar, for example. Yeah, it's only 120 calories, but yeah. I don't know what the chocolate bars are. I don't, I don't actually sure. <laughs> Mine's beer. But just introducing little bits of this um, is something that you're going to have to try to break now. You're gonna to have to start to try to actively not not make this easy for yourself. You've got to try and sort of adapt and change the types of foods that you you sort of are buying in. The availability of these foods it's yeah. a real big thing. Just just talks about how you know it is it literally grab and go type foods. But again, if you sat at home all the time with a you know a, a box of chocolates or a box of biscuits next to the kettle and you sat there more often than you have been. You're going to now have to try to sort of, when, when we say cut down on this, it's because we know that there may be things creeping in excess that normally wouldn't be as much, especially at this time, you know, especially after the lockdown situation. How many people's going to the pubs today and, you know, saying, oh, yeah, let's, let's go and do it. Really, in reality, they've been drinking in the gut. There's probably not that much difference. From no, from a lot of people. I'm just uh, going to... Um, just... Have we, have we done more than 30 minutes? Hang on. Yeah, guys, you know, on that, I think that it's, I think it's quite an, I think it's an easier solution than most people give it credit for. Buy the, even if you've got kids, go and buy your alternative foods. Get your alternative foods in so that when your kids are having a chocolate bar and you're sat, one, if if you're not doing, if you're doing the first three habits, probably won't bother you because you probably won't feel overly hungry. If you do, if you're doing them three and you still feel overly hungry, and your kids are wanting a pizza or a McDonald's or a chocolate bar. If you've got alternatives in, you know, straight away go and get go and get something. Make sure that you've got the option. You've got your easy go-to foods and go-to meals or go-to snacks. Whether that's protein bars, protein shakes, pre-made meals in the fridge that you know that you're just going to snack on to stop you feeling hungry and stop this drive. Because if you are hungry and you're thinking, "Oh, I'm just not going to eat." There's never going to be a sustainable approach. You're always going to lose when you try and take that approach. And so people struggling because there's junk food in the house for the kids, that's fine. But what you might, what you're probably going to find is that you're struggling because you don't have the right alternatives in the house. Ice cream to an ice lover. Yeah, 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 100%. Guys, there is a blog on this as well. I will sort of direct you to it in terms of more food, less calories. That's the name of the blog we it out at some point either early this year or late last year and it talks about exactly this concept there's actually probably a blog on each of these elements um if you want to dig in a bit more detail but that's such an important one in terms of you know the junk food stuff if you want a burger and chips and that's what you're going to eat on friday night you can buy the ingredients in and you can make that and you can track it and it can be 100 part of your diet if you're on a low-carb diet you might need to just things but again you know for, for long-term sustainability making the foods yourself coming up with the leaner options of the same foods honestly is it's such a good approach and then that's where protein bars protein shakes and things fit in when we talk about going out for meals and if that's something that's a regular occurrence more than once a week you need a strategy there as well but the easy strategy is follow the first three on here you know genuinely something with high protein a lot of veg and drink more water when you're out. Don't go out for meals, starving. Don't go out for meals, hungry. Uh, you know, uh, genuinely, we had um, we had some food last night, and it was going to be something that we obviously we didn't go out anywhere. 
but um, but I finished in the gym. I was going home to get to get my tea to get some food, and I knew that if I'd gone straight into that food, I would have eaten absolutely loads. We got a McDonald's. Um, I ended up having six chicken nuggets, and that's what I had because I, I got home, had a protein shake, had my nuggets, and then had a salad, so I'm ready for after. Um, that I was going to have later. And that's because at the minute... Because you're weird, man. That's why that is. <laughs> but, I want, but, but I didn't really miss it. What most people do is that they'll go and sort of train. I'm not having Train, they won't have anything. And you'll be hungry. And if you're hungry, you're going to eat a crazy amount. So you can look at that and say, oh, well, you know, that's not, no, that's not a normal thing to do. But what else happens as well is people say to yourself, well, I'm going to save myself because I'm going out for food tonight. I'm going to not eat Yeah, and that's so. mental. And in reality, <laughs> for me, if you're going to save yourself, save yourself, eat just before you go out. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, again, if you follow the, those strategies in terms of, if you're on a diet, if you're trying to actively change your body composition, then it's going to be something, how regular is this occurring? And if it's something that is getting in the way of you achieving your goal, then pick different foods when you're out. You know, and that's that's as simple as it is. Pick the, get a portion of bread, get some lean meats and, and do it that way. Alcohol, the next one, habit five, cut down on alcohol. This one's so important when you're trying to get on top of your nutrition and on top of your health. Let me frame it before I, before I sort of dig too deep into this. What I mean by cutting down on alcohol is don't regularly drink to the point that you're aware that you drank the day after or more than, can I put a calorie number on it? I don't really think you can put a calorie number on it because I don't think, I don't, I don't think that, I think, I think what's important is that people, because if you do that and put a calorie number on, you can have, we've got so many different types of people and so many different effects. What we, what we, it's pretty basic, isn't it? What we're saying is that you know if alcohol's affected you. Yeah. You can feel alcohol affect you. You can feel like, you know, it's exactly. a it affecting your diet, it impacting your diet. And I think I think that you have to question a lot of people say to me, oh yeah, but I love a drink at weekend. I say that. Yeah. <laughs> I do say that genuinely that's something that we do. But what you have to do is that we have to actually question the um, why your your excuses, if you will, with alcohol, the, the reasons why you do something. When we talk about being healthy and being fit, this is something that's not going to be um, you know, something that we can really balance very well. If we we can do it a little bit, don't get me wrong, but if your goal is health, fitness, wellness, alcohol is not anything that's going to take you closer towards that goal. Yeah. If you can't remove it away from it, or you don't want to remove it away, understand the impact that it will have in taking you towards your goal of health. And, and if you, you've got to be accountable for your alcohol intake as well. You know, don't just say, I've got a stressful day, and, and again, we're guilty of this, I've got this, yeah. certainly I've had a stressful day, so I'm going to have five beers. Because in doing that, and you know, you sort of actually, you say you want to achieve something, something's there, you want to get there, but if you're doing that, you're not going closer. You're not reducing your stress level by doing it. What you're actually doing is probably putting you further away from it. Yeah. Further, it's taking you backwards away from what you're really trying to achieve, and that that's where when we talk about cut down on alcohol, that, that's the big thing. You've got to make sure that it's it's sort of your alcohol intake does not affect your strive towards your goal of health. I think that the we can look at it from from a couple of perspectives, but the the big thing is how is it affecting you in terms of most people focus on the calorie side of things. And that's not the, 
probably not the right thing to focus on in general. Now, I, we can give, uh, I will give some sort of rough calorie guidance. So if you're having more than about 15% of calories through alcohol, it's probably too much for that day. And this should be occasional. I have no issue with people, even within a diet, having a bottle of beer or something like that at weekend. It's absolutely fine. It's probably not going to have any negative effect. The thing is, is that either doing that too often, one starts to replace, it's always going to displace some other nutrients in your diet. So if you're training hard and you're dieting hard, you don't really have room for that. For sustainable living, you can absolutely include it at those levels, if they're the levels that you're including. If it starts to be more than that and you start to find that it's affecting your sleep, or you, you know, and a lot you might not even realize if it is affecting your sleep because you feel like you've slept well, you just wake up tired. Um, same in terms of recovery, you won't realize, but this is having a massive knock on effect on recovery, a massive effect on hormone levels, massive effect on the subsequent days, hydration and blood sugar levels, which automatically means that you want to eat more food, you've got to replace your salt, so your body wants salty, calorific food. Um, so the knock-on effect of alcohol, I mean, I've listed some of it down in the actual blog. Guys, if you've not read the blog, um, read it. But I've chucked a few, a few points down here. It's going to increase your heart rate. It's going to make it far more erratic. It's going to have massive effects on blood glucose regulation. Um, we know that it's going to cause dehydration. It's going to increase appetite. It's going to increase recovery. It's going to reduce your sleep quality. Um, when we drink alcohol, your body automatically shifts to oxidizing the alcohol, which means that you get less fat burning. Seems like less of an issue, but that shift also means that your body is shifted towards burning carbs, not fats, which means that, again, you're going to be pushing that, that appetite for sugars even higher, and what we'll tend to do is overeat from that. Um, you're gonna feel lethargic. If you're sick, if you drink to the point that you're feeling sick and you're feeling hungover, there's a whole other world of issues there as well because that then has another knock-on effect. So when it comes to drinking, you know, this is something that we can include on a healthy sort of sustainable diet plan long-term in moderation. And that is a, that is the key when it comes to drinking. I think, you know, I think some people of, might want to cut it out. A couple of tips for this, um, and I know because I've sort of been doing it recently. Firstly, like getting a beer. I mean, alcohol-free beer isn't as good as normal beer, but... It does do, if you fancy a beer. If it's a habit, if it's habit based, if it's habit based, get yourself something to replace. Get, swap that habit for something else. Replace it with something. That's one of the the rules of habits, you know. Replace it. So recently I've been getting that alcohol free beer. The difference being that when I have three alcohol free beers, I don't want another one. When I have three normal beers, I probably want another one. Yeah. (laughs) And and that that sort of thing, not having it in the house, not buying it in crates, you know, going to the shop and buying four bottles of beer rather than buying, you know, a a case of beer because you save a quid on it. And if it's alcohol free, then you're not getting the calories from the alcohol as well, which obviously means there's not that displacement. It is a massive thing as well. um, Yeah. Well, the the next point's the last one um, on this. So when we're looking at all of this, the thing that's going to make it successful is that you need you need a way to monitor it. And we speak about this all the time. You need to not just track your body composition and track the weight. You still want to be doing that, to be honest, but the time scales that you do that over is going to be very individual. You're going to need to track your nutrition. What I don't mean by that, what most people think I mean by that, is that you need my fitness pal and you need to be using that and tracking everything to the nth degree. For some of you... 
tracking to say that you've had three meals a day is a great start. Tracking to say that you've drank two liters of water that day is a great start. So when I'm saying tracking, what we need to do is decide what habits are going to be actionable. And to be honest, for most of it, I think that most people will be able to start with all of these habits. It won't be that you'll achieve all of them straight away. It's trying to achieve them. If you go shopping, set yourself up to do all of these things before we start, then that's gonna be that's gonna be key and that's going to really help. What you're tracking for initially, before you worry too much about tracking numbers or anything like that, you're tracking these habits. You're tracking to say, how much of these five other habits have I done? If you want, we even put on a, on our system sometimes, track your nutrition as one of the habits. So it is the all six habits, you've got a little tick box and you can tick them all off. For, for making sure that you're sticking to this. Because what you'll find is that when one goes a little bit off, say you drink one night, then the appetite might be higher the day after, you'll want different foods, you'll find it much harder to stick to your diet, you'll find that the performance in the gym's going downhill, um, and they're gonna, they're gonna be issues. So tracking your diet is important, but it's gonna be massively variable as to how, one minute, because we some people are gonna be tracking the habits, and then need to look at tracking the calories, and then need to look at making sure that they hit a certain protein amount, and then look at tracking to pre and post workout meals. Um, you know, and we can keep going with this, we can keep adding to it. But whether you're on all the habits that we've spoken about there, whether you're on high carb, low carb, keto, paleo, any diet that we're talking about, or any diet type that you find suits you best which i think is much much more important than anything else it's you find it easier to do you can track all of these if you're telling me a diet where you can't eat more veggies drink more water and include enough protein that's going to be an issue um if you tell me a diet where you can't cut down on junk food can't cut down on alcohol and it's deliberately actively telling you not to monitor what you're doing in any case there, it's a bad diet, it's, a, it's the wrong approach. Every single diet that's a decent approach, you can include these habits with, and that's why we focus on this, then you find the, the approach that works best for you. Yeah, tracking diet could be in any context. Like you said, finishing point, last thing that I'm gonna say is literally like, we say to people tracking your nutrition because as coaches, or as you, you might not be arsed about what it says, you might not be bothered about that, you might not be sort of interested in what it is, and that's fine. We're not saying that you need to go and be interested in it. We're not saying that you need to be, you know, you know, obsessing over it. What we're saying is that one, we think that you should be aware of that information. It needs to be obvious, like any other habit, needs to be obvious, you need to be able to see how to adjust that diet to make sure that you get results. This is about results. And if we yeah. need to, we need to be able to see it. Amount of people that say, God, yeah, but I didn't add my bruise, I didn't yeah. add this, I didn't add that. And then you've got 700 calories that's all of a sudden disappeared off your, yeah. off your plan. And you yeah. can't work out why you're not losing any weight. Or the way, you know, no energy, all the time, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff is because we, we need to have an understanding and you need to have an understanding, but we need to have an understanding. Yeah of your current nutrition. Yeah, experience. the physiology side is something that's really important, but it's definitely, definitely overdone in some in some aspects when it ignores the practicality side and vice versa. So anyone, and that is, the, the exact example of that is the people that sit in the camp of if it fits your macros and you want to track everything and that's the right diet, and the people that sit at the other side with the clean eating type camp where it's no, you can only have these foods and that's the right diet. They're both groups that have taken these 
either the scientific sort of physiology based approach or the practical based approach to extremes where they're actually working against each other and it's stopping people from achieving the potential in my opinion so what this is is to find the, the middle ground and then go with this sort of diet once you're doing this go with the sort of diet that still works from a calorie point of view that you that you obviously find is sustainable for you the other two points that i'm not going to bring up and not going to go into any detail with but they're certainly things to things to mention um and they might be added to our habits soon is eat slower <laughs> I know that this sounds really obvious, but so many people complain about digestion. We rush our food, and if you're rushing your food, then that first stage of digestion, you're not, you're not uh, really doing effectively. So slow down your eating, chew your food. I know that it sounds really obvious, but honestly, stop and think next time you have a meal, are you doing this? And if not, you're probably going to start. You're probably going to be struggling with some sort of digestive distress. Uh, so eat slow, chew your food. The other factor on that is that obviously it gives you gives yourself time to recognize when you're getting full and when you feel like you, when your body feels like you're eating enough. So if you're trying to control your calories, slow down, certainly slow down that eating, and it's going to be a little bit easier to do. Other point that is mentioned within the blog, throughout the blog, but it's adding healthy fats, adding good fats into your diet. Again, um, we, we don't necessarily say add good fats, and there's a reason for that. People will easily... Um, People will easily add too many good fats, and so they will start. And they'll start to be counterproductive because they'll add so much that they think it's good fats. They'll add a packet of nuts, for example, and it's good fats. Yeah, it's great. However, it takes you over your calorie limit, so you stop losing weight. So that's why it's not written as a habit. It is absolutely something that you need to be aware of. And again, if you do get to the point where you're tracking your calories. Um, what most people find is that when they start to diet, the fats plummet, the carbs plummet. If that's happening, make sure that you're adding some fats. Things like olive oil on your own, salads and things are a really good approach. If you have no allergies and nuts, avocado, uh, I've got mild allergies to both of them, <laughs> so I don't include them. But oily fish, um, really good options. So guys, thanks for listening to the FX Personal Training Podcast. Today, a little bit more informal, obviously, as you can tell, uh, it was a Facebook Live video, and we was just going through the key features of the six habits that we focus on with all of our clients, um, and this is, again, hopefully you picked up from the podcast, but this is for everyone. So hopefully you found it useful. I know that we went off on a couple of tangents there. Um, if you do have any questions, please just drop them in, and we'll get back to you. You can email it directly to me. You can drop it into the podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Cheers, guys.